The ocean can have a few car batteries, as a treat. Finally recharge. I haven't felt this electric in years. We can finally power our homes again. Yay! For an MBT crab like me, I can finally charge my power cloth. This warms my heart. I love you. Welcome uh, to God is Open. Today we are going to be reviewing this individual. Uh, I don't know his name. I have to scroll down and look to see what I called the stream. I don't know. But uh, it was a debate between Irenic and Ryan the Presbyterian. Okay, there we got the name of this guy. And uh, I was watching it earlier today. And I was like, this is so dang awful um, that if I'm going to have to listen to this, everyone's going to have to listen to this. And so we're going to do a live stream of it. We're going to skip his opening thing. We might go back to it if we have a whole ton of time. I don't know, but we'll we'll let him start talking about uh, this is in a debate context of does the Bible teach open theism? So watch for his arguments as to why he thinks the Bible teaches open theism. See if there is any argument that the Bible teaches or doesn't teach open theism or classical theism and see what he says. I got Irenic here. I don't know if he's actually here, though. He's like on mute and he hasn't been responding. I've been poking him and nothing's happening. And so he might, may, maybe might jump on randomly or maybe not. We'll see. But we'll go ahead and hit play and listen to Ryan, the Presbyterian. Um, the love of God and uh, especially how God likes his people. So. God's love for the individual is uh, is going to be superseded sometimes by God's love for the people, all the people. So I think if you go if you go at the Bible with that kind of understanding, you're going to be way ahead. So uh, with that, I'll yield. So what Irenic's arguing in this in his opening statement is, yeah, you, you do have to kind of read the Bible with this presupposition in mind that God cares for and loves people. I mean, you could come to the Bible with other presuppositions. It, it doesn't, it doesn't read the same, and you might walk away from certain passages with completely wrong understandings. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have ever everlasting life. That certainly sounds to me that God loves the world. Uh, he loves the world such that. He gave his son. Remember, we we reviewed that Todd White video, and I don't I know nothing about Todd White. And Todd White said, you know, you sacrifice something for a greater value, so you sacrifice Jesus for the world. So uh, th there's there's a gain in that exchange. God valued the world over His own Son, and He's right there uh, for any faults that anyone has about this guy. I know nothing about. He is right in that uh, respect that God loves the world to that extent that he will give up his only begotten son. And so uh, I think it's a very good idea, understanding of God when we're reading the text. But Ryan Ryan doesn't like that. And he's going to tell us why the Bible teaches classical theism and not open theism. 
Very good. You had about eight and a half minutes. We can put that into the open discussion. Thank you so much, Irenic. And now the re we're going to go into the next period of the debate, which is the rebuttal session. Hello, um, Rachel. And so, hello, Ryan, Eliza. do you have any slides for me to pull up for you? Do you want to use that for your rebuttal? Or are you yes, just yes, do I, I, I do. I do. Before I do, okay. I might say that I'm astonished that David Wesley Hart, the raging universalist heretic, is the man that Irenic Pelagian quoted, I find. And this is a, as loud as it goes. It's just kind of a quiet stream on their part. And so we might have to listen in a little bit. I don't know if I can boost that up any. But uh, a, a couple things to note. This guy brought a whole bunch of media into uh, a digital debate. And it might not be a good idea to do unless you're controlling and you're really... You really understand that your media is going to work. They've had some technical issues earlier in this debate, and it was pretty cringeworthy. So this that might be one of the reasons that this debate has had, for, for most of the day, more downvotes than it has had upvotes. Typically, debates don't do that because both sides tend to think they win, and so both sides will be hitting thumbs ups. And so it, it's not often you see debates with a lot of thumbs down, but that might be a contributing factor. But this guy, he has some slides uh, telling us why classical theism is taught in the Bible. So go ahead, guy. Uh, if you would click on that link for Socinian's praise that I have on my slide here. I unfortunately could not fit it all in the slide. No, you, you just said there it is. That link right there, it's Buck's Theological Dictionary. Can you click on that or no? I unfortunately couldn't fit all that in the slide. And I'm not going to read the entire entry, but it's important. Another slide tip. If, if you're doing slides ever, if you're doing presentations, you're doing teaching moments, you don't post walls of text and you, you certainly don't read walls of text. You put highlights. And if it does a quote, it has to be something incredibly relevant and you want to bold, make it make bold, uh, the relevant section that really hits home your point. You don't want to be reading walls of text, especially in debates. But uh, that's what he's doing. He's posting posting his own dissertation here for his rebuttal. Walls of text. That people understand there is no support in the Orthodox Church for these beliefs. So let me know. When All right. So there is no support in the Orthodox Church for these beliefs. This is a debate. Does the Bible teach classical omniscience versus open theism? You have that ready, Bryce. Here we go. Could you zoom in just a touch? There we go. A sect so-called. Rachel says that she thinks Ryan is a big reason why there's downvotes. It was rough. He seemed condescending to the moderator about the slides. Um, if I was kind of watching their side chat, and it looked like this Ryan guy is affiliated with the moderator, and they both had moderator rights in the side chat. So it seems like these guys were like buddies. I don't know. And I think I've dealt with one of these guys in, in the past. Arenic, are you here with me yet? Are you here? Or are you still on mute? All right. We'll just go on. Uh, Socinians, a sect so-called from Faustus Socinius, who died in Poland in 1604. They were who were born the name Socinius, uncle and nephew, both dis disseminated the same. Oh, he's telling us really bad things about this group called the uh, Socinians that we're supposed to hate for some reason. I guess he's like, there's this group and they're the Socinians and they were like open theists and we hate these Socinians. And so open theism is bad. 
I just read you a thing about a group of people we don't like who are open theists. So therefore, open theism is bad and wrong, and no one should be an open theist. Didn't you see the thing I read about some group sometime somewhere who held similar beliefs? Infinite Theosis says, uh, the downvotes are sock accounts I made by people who have it out for Ryan. That is pretty funny. Idol Killer's here, and he says, I am a heretic who denies original sin. Don't you know? He's he's like a Midwest guy. No, he's not a Midwest guy. Doctor. But is the nephew, it is the nephew is generally considered the founder of the sect. They maintain that Jesus Christ was a mere man who had no existence before he was conceived by the Virgin Mary, that the Holy Ghost is no distinct person, but that the Father is truly and properly God. They own that the name of God is given in the Holy Scriptures to Jesus Christ, but contend that it is only a deputed title, which, however, invests with him a great authority over all created beings. They deny the doctrines of satisfaction and inputted righteousness, just like... Holy buckets. This is a debate. Okay, so th this, is a, this, this is why this is a cringe cast. This is a debate on if the Bible teaches open theism or classical theism. And he's just reading off about some sort of group that uh, existed in, in the uh, past 1000 AD somewhere. And uh, they denied things like, I don't know, something about Christology. No one knows. No one's he's lost everyone. Everyone who's listening to the debate has already been lost in his nonsense. What, what are you debating? What are you debating? You're, you're, you're like this group that I found that I really don't like. Therefore, you're wrong, Felix. Theists, and say that Christ only preached truth to mankind and set before himself an example of heroic virtue and sealed his doctrine with his, his doctrines with his blood. Again, much like the openness theologians, original sin and absolute predestination, they esteem scholastic chimeras. Some of them likewise maintain the sleep of the soul, which they say becomes insensible at death. Oh no! Is raised soul again sleep? with the body at the resurrection. Carl oh, Pinnock apparently did. That's hold the worst. Disbelief. <laughs> and uh, let me also go to another slide. Let me oh. see if I can find it on my end. This is a grown man. Um, let me see. Not that one. He sounds like a grown man. His argument is there's this there's this group I really don't like, and look look at a list of their doctrines that I don't like, and then open theism is is one of them. Oh, not that one. I'm trying to figure out which slide it is. You'll have to forgive me. Oh yes, um, if you would go to slide number seventeen, praise. Can you do that for me? And while you're doing that, I would like to say you know it's insanely dishonest that I have quoted over 10 texts of the scripture, more than I quoted extra biblical writing. And with not a single scripture has I really engaged that I quoted. I find that- What? Okay, uh, right now, all, all we've had is the opening. And so you want to use your opening to rebut him directly. Irenic, welcome to the channel. Hi, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you Hopefully okay. my sound is better than the debate night. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he comes on, and the first thing he says is, Oh, I can't believe you quote you quoted this guy that I think is a heretic. Oh, oh, you, <laughs> you lost the debate. You you quoted a guy he doesn't like. You lost the debate. Uh, how how do you argue against that? <laughs> well, what's interesting is because this guy's a classical theism theist like him, and then afterwards, I don't, I don't maybe you haven't heard it yet, but or yeah, you heard. I mean, then he comes out. That guy's that guy's a Unitarian. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, welcome to the club. I guess it's a big pond you're swimming in there, hey, bud? 
Oh man, uh, it's this is. Oh, I did not. Li- I could you. You can't expect me to have listened to all of this. This that was. It's so painful. Oh my god, this, like, it's awful. This, this is not a debate. This is some it guy voting about groups he doesn't like and quoting random people that we don't care about. But we haven't got to. Well, well, we skipped his first opening, but we might have to go back there and look at. Look, it. at least but, five times I was like, look. uh I'm the, you know, he's got the affirmative. I'm waiting for him to make a positive case about where in the Bible this kind of omniscience is taught. You know, I'm, you know, it's and, like, and his argument was basically like, I found this guy who was every time, right? Every time he jumped to some commentator or father commentating on it. Hello, this, this person and, who uh, submits to be of the Platonist tradition said he agrees with me. And there's a church father. Like, I know. Okay. Oh, what an argument. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I was so wrong. I, I was so wrong. I sh- I sh- well, if, as long as you got some random name of some guy who lived before Augustine's, he's saying it. It must be true. That must be what the, they are. The, they're the best experts, commentators on the Bible. Uh, the closer you get, the better. Pay no attention to the fact that the entire New Testament is written against apostatizing Christians and Christians bringing in false philosophy and all these. Schis- well, yeah. Well, that's groups. that's not part of their mindset. They don't. Want, they they. That's not their income. I mean, that's not their. You know, part of the data set that they're working yeah, with. It's like the, the whole church is corrupt during the writing of the Bible. Why are you quoting me a random name? It it doesn't <laughs> work like that. But we'll we'll let this guy talk a little bit more. That to be most interesting that I quoted, I believe, at least five to ten scriptures, probably a little more than that. And I even began off the bat with two quotes from the scripture. Um, Can you zoom in just a bit, Bryce? (laughs) My slides don't have two bits. You might have to scroll (laughs) over to the side I haven't. The words on my slide are too small. Let's zoom in. I, I didn't test my presentation before I came to this debate. And there's there's a lot of walls of text. Article, which I believe I put in the previous slide by Dr. John Sanders. Dr. Sanders is a leading openness theologian. <laughs> Dr. John Sanders is. A, oh, oh, get this. He's a leading open theist. <laughs> oh, and he says this thing. That I don't like, and so I'm going to say that that's a Renick's belief, and uh, I'm going to argue against John Sanders in this debate, where I need to make a positive case that open theism is not taught in the Bible, and classical theism is. And most interestingly, he observes the following: "Quote the dynamic omniscience view was affirmed by several non-Christian writers, such as Cicero, first century BCE." Alexander of Aphrodisias, second century, Cicero argued that God has, if God has exhaustive defined, uh, definite foreknowledge (EDF), then humans cannot have libertarian freedom. So Cicero denied. So it's amazing that we're being told that this is Greco-Roman philosophy. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. In fact, in this link, he gives also. Uh, I think this Dr. John Sanders link, he even cites... Okay, so here's a thing that regularly happens for, like, crazy people. Um, They say, Mm -hmm. um, Trump can't be 
<laughs> insane and uh, mentally deficient because uh, Joe Biden is or vice versa. Joe Biden can't be in mentally incompetent because Trump is as if as if both can't be the case. Uh, th their argument that our our position is not Greek philosophy because look, their uh, open theism is Greek philosophy. That's not an argument. That's not an argument why their position that's, isn't. That's Greek not philosophy. an argument for the debate topic. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not an argument for the debate topic. It's but it's not even an argument against our the position mm -hmm. that their philosophy is in fact Platonism. And you have people. Well, here's here's the difference. What what they do is they say, "Hey, look, John Sanders identifies these people. These people were pagan. Therefore, open theism is pagan. Open theism didn't derive." <laughs> From these random people but you could show how uh their paganism the the platonism actually influenced the church you have justin martyr saying oh the best people were the platonists you have clement singing the praises of the platonists uh, you have augustine is saying that the bible was absurd until he read it in light of platonism Th this is what we have this is this is what we're up against and their counter argument is there is some person who wasn't a christian at some point who held some sort of belief somewhat similar to open theism. Therefore, it's not us who are pagan. It's not us who are Greek philosophy. It is, in fact, you guys. <laughs> now, this is what the problem is, though. They, he has no sense of what it means for somebody like John Sanders to take a historical survey of the landscape and then try to identify where this idea was talked about well, that's all he does i believe to yeah, a large extent 100 <laughs> percent, he's doing historical work and this guy's he's he's out of his mind this and is somehow that somehow there's a, a you know some kind of big theological problem there or something did, did you know that the ancient chinese <laughs> math that means all math comes from china <laughs> right no no well, if you notice, I mean, I had to address it. Like, this guy kept, you know, fallacy, this ge ge genealogical fallacy or whatever you call it, kept doing this stuff. You know, like, look, the the debate is on, does the Bible teach you're what you're saying it does? And that's, that's it's you know, I, I pointed out, right? It's not about what I believe. It's not about what Ryan believes. It's not about what these fathers thought or the traditions. It, what does the Bible teach? That's the great part about this debate, that we can just look at the pages and we'll have an answer. That, that is no, we didn't. We never got to that point. No, we can't, we can't look at the Bible for a debate about what the Bible teaches. That it was the view of most Jews, most Jewish scholars, if you click that link, praise, it's the view of most Jewish scholars and even some Muslims that God does not have an exhaustive Don't view click the link. of the future. So I, I'm wait, finding wait, wait, it wait. somewhat amusing let's, that I'm being let's re -listen compared to that Orthodox little part. Excuse me, Christians there, are being is compared there a way to, rewind just to just a little bit? So it's amazing that we're being told that this is great. Uh, you, uh, you have control, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't know if YouTube had like a quick rewind. I think it's, like oh, okay, the, I it's on the keyboard. That does yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. The case. That's not the case at all. I, I think he says right here that most Jews didn't think that God had exhaustive knowledge of the future, which would be absolutely insane for him to admit on, on air. But Now, yeah. okay, so here's what my problem is, right? 
I'm not going to commit. I'm uh, I'm committed not to c commit fallacies on here. So, of course, I mean, what I should have, you know, what I should have said was, first of all, uh, you know, we should. How interesting that a group of people whose these scriptures were, a lot of them thought God was open. Holy shit. And I think that, too. What would cause these people to think that? We're family here. Family oriented. Oh, holy oh, 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 oh. my bad. Buckets. My holy buckets. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Says, I see Ryan's plan is to bore ironic into submission. <laughs> oh, 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 it's too good. It's too good. Okay. So I think he says it, though. I, I got to listen to it because that it's it's opposite of what a lot of these anti-open theists argue they say oh the jews definitely held our position therefore we're in the same tradition and that kind of gives evidence that open theism is not a thing and our thing's the thing and if he's out, out here arguing the opposite that the jews were all open theists that is going to be hilarious but the problem is oh. he doesn't know about philo apparently well philo was uh definitely out there for the jews that he wasn't a typical Jew. He's an Alexandrian Jew, and mm -hmm. he didn't have very much influence on Judaism in general. I don't think the Talmud uh, quotes him, references him, keep, uh, considers him authority, and you don't see him referenced by Jews throughout history. You do see him referenced by the Christians. So the Christians really adopted him as one of their own, so much to the extent that Eusebius kind of considered him like a proto-Christian or or basically a covert Christian of his day. So that the Christians were the ones championing this philosophy. His all his works, Philo's works, were saved because of origin of Alexandria. His his mm. library. His library okay. was uh, was what saved Philo for for us today. And uh, uh, that, that's all documented. No, but, but uh, wasn't Philo a Platonist? Hundred percent. Uh, he he all all the things that he talks about are uh, people call him a middle platonist but i don't see really any pre real mm -hmm. difference between him and plotinus and so remember uh play or philo of alexandria he's in what the first century a.d and he's a platonist in alexandria spouting the things that uh that uh, uh plotinus does uh, centuries later and so he uh, Philo of Alexandria was a huge influence on Clement of Alexandria, who was also uh, influenced for origin of Alexandria. And Augustine, uh, he, he ripped them all off and without credit. So a lot of times <laughs> he, he, when he's quoting people or referencing people, he doesn't put the source of his information. And so scholars have to go in and figure out what he's right. borrowing from these, these prior right. authors. So I, it, it's probably just a thing back then. They didn't. They didn't just cite everyone that they're talking. Okay. About the point is, though, I could, I could, I could truthfully state in like rebuttal to if I was going to bring this up. You know, Philo's a Jew. He was a Platonist. He, you know, the those those Neoplatonist Christians loved him. Read their writings. Origin. You know, kept all his books. Blah blah they, blah. They love Plato. They they just, <laughs> just control F in any of their works and find Plato's name. Uh, they love it. They love it. And guess mm -hmm. what? They all think that Plato has this uh, idea of a God that's uh, immutable and ineffable and mm -hmm. w without any distinct characteristics, you know. And, you know, th this is this is their view of what they saw Plato, how they saw Plato viewing God. 
So the people who say, oh, that's a third century belief, they're wrong. They're wrong. Everyone knew who Plato was describing. It is the one, as you read in his Paramendes. But anyways, um, besides that topic, this guy is trying to tell us, uh, I'm going to try, try to play it out to see if he actually says the words. I might have misheard him, but he says that all the Jews were open theists at the time, which very, very much so is the case that <laughs> the typical Jewish scholar literally believed God has a body. As you read in Justin Martyr, Justin's dealing with Typhro the Jew. And so their conception of God is one of corporality, which which it precludes classical theism, if that's the typical Jewish belief. But that is the classical Jewish belief. And you don't get a sense from Jewish writings, but uh, putting aside Philo of Alexandria until about 160 AD is the earliest reference I could find to a fairly clear statement of God knowing all future events. And that's recorded in the Talmud, but that's about 160 AD. And that's when the Jews started having to interact with Christians. So they're in these Christian debates and it's like, oh, my God is better than your God. Oh, your does your God know the future? And the Jews are like, oh, yes. Yes, in fact, he <laughs> But uh, here's a nice comment. William says that Chris's book opened my eyes and changed my mind. Well, if if it, it convinces one person, writing the book is worth it. Thank you, William. I'm going to hit play. In fact, in this link he gives also, uh, I think this Dr. John Sanders link, he even cites that it was the view of most Jews, most Jewish scholars, if you click that link, praise, it's the view of most Jewish scholars and even some Muslims that God does not have an exhaustive view of the future. <laughs> Those disgusting, dirty Jews. Look at he who believes with them. Uh, I'm finding it somewhat. Maybe, maybe, oh, I don't know. Um, Was this the guy that was kicked off of uh, YouTube for anti-Semitism? Is that his point, that <laughs> Jews are bad people? And That's what it sounds like. It, it actually could be. It could be that they're trying to say guilt by association. We hate the Jews and uh, the Jews are open theists. But all I'm hearing is the, the Judeo-Christian tradition is open theist. And uh, I think that's a great thing for him to admit on air. It's, it's like the Rittenhouse trial. This is the bomb moment where he says, oh, yeah, the guy pointed a gun at Kyle's head. I know that's yep. this is the moment where the defense attorney's jaw drops open because because you can't believe the state's up. witness just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what amusing that I'm being compared and Orthodox Christians, excuse me, Christians are being compared to Greco-Roman philosophers. Yet the openness theologians like Sanders admit that Jews and Muslims, especially the Jews, affirmed as scroll down, please. I love how his attitude comes through with his directions to the moderator and stuff. If you listen, remembering off the top of my head, he's not a good person. He's not happy with life. He doesn't love life. No, please keep going. He's just miserable. Let's stop right here. The earliest Christian proponent thus far found is Chalcidius, late fourth century. And mind you, he's so irrelevant that we barely know anything about him. We don't have good evidence that he was even a Christian. Says Dr. Sanders, he wrote several books, one of which is against fatalism and determinism. This work was not well known until the Middle Ages. In it, he says, God knows reality as it is. He As, as it is, he knows necessarily truths, necessarily uh, future and contingent truths contingently. 
some medieval Christian writers anticipate and seem to affirm. So I think that quote is actually from uh, Chalcinius's text about uh, commenting on Plato because he was a Platonist too. And so that that just goes to show you the influence of Plato and how revered Plato was that even even the person who sounds like maybe a neo-Molinist or something like that is an adherent and uh, devotee of Plato, even the person that's identified as an open theist. So this is the culture of the time. Plato is revered. Uh, Justin Martyr, he argues argues the case of Christians to the emperor, and he says, you know what, uh, these Platonists, they're basically us. Uh, look at the Platonists. You guys love the Platonists. They're, they're the best. We're basically them. That's his argument to say why they shouldn't persecute Christians. As I recall, uh, I was the what I was going to say to this was just kind of like, and I don't know if he said it yet, but this guy's argument really had to do with determinism and free will, and that is like, I, I don't know, you know that that has been a question for a lot of people for a long time, and, and like to think, oh, the this guy was an open, you know, he he had a right, it, it was his contingent knowledge that's on contingent things that they don't like, I suppose. Um, but, you know, anyways. Uh, yeah, so we'll just keep learning. To, again, this has nothing to do with the debate. This is a mm. cringecast in every sense of the word. An mm -hmm. open future, Peter Aori and Peter de Ribo in the 14th oh, no. and 15th do century. Don't scroll do down it. one more time, please. Some Islamic scholars. Don't scroll down. dynamic omniscience, don't read says pages. Dr. Sanders. Some of the Qatarite school, 8th century, and Al and Abdul Abd Al Jabbar, well, that's hard for a Southerner to say. An important figure of the Musalite school, tenth century. So it seems to be in these kind of cultish circles that they think that just like reading a bunch of facts and information uh, to their audience, that now they're experts because I just read a wall of text, and therefore you should believe me when I make all sorts of unfounded claims. Because didn't you know that I just gave you knowledge over? On the on the left hand, now look at my right hand where I'm making unsubstantiated claims, and and it it's really crazy how these groups of individuals it's it's they have unevidenced beliefs and they try to argue based on their own authority. I don't think this guy's authority on anything. There's I don't think he knows what there's he's about. they're gaslighters and they're projectionists, man. You sh I mean he, he probably s talked about me with this some kind of like appeal to authority. And, and it's so clear in one point, and I just, it, like, my my authority is the Bible. He was making, he's the one making, he's appealing to these authorities. And, and he's, he's also, <laughs> he, he wants to project into you an appeal to authority. So uh, he says, oh, here's John Sanders. John St Sanders is, is, is an open theist. I'm going to yeah. spend my time arguing against John Sanders. I know. It's Did like, I mention him? Did you bring up any of these figures? What, what's going on? Did you say? No, that's exactly what. It, maybe it, just go ahead and because this might be coming up because I was saying, look, dude, I admit because we were starting to get into it. And I was like, I admit that you are the one that brought up John Sanders. I'm clear. On, I mean, we're clear on it. We agree on that much. I think that you brought John Sanders up. You know, I wanted to make it clear that, you know, yeah. you're bringing up John Sanders. And like you're not debating. Oh, that's uh, oh man. Remember when Will Duffy tricked me into watching his uh Tyler Vela debate? He's like, Chris, <laughs> watch this debate, it's gonna be so good. And then I watched it, and it's like, oh man. Mm. And Tyler Vela, he, he starts off, and uh, his whole opening thing is like, 
I am uh, going to now argue against open theism rather than proving the that the Bible teaches uh, closed theism. Was that, that the, the Bible? Was that the origin of the uh, me 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 Oh, that's that's the one of the best. That is the best. Um, but it's like he wasn't arguing against Will. He was arguing against points that Will never made. Never, never used to advocate open theism. He thought that randomly arguing into the void against an open theist that doesn't exist for the sake of the debate was some sort sort of case against open theism. It's crazy. But you can point to Calvinist after Calvinist after Calvinist who does this. Like uh, Matt Slick is terrible with the Mormon thing. He's got something about those Mormons, man. <laughs> but here's idol killer he's he's a sad, sadist um he likes he likes personal punishment and so he went and he also debated vela and he's mm -hmm. quoting vela because uh some for some reason he's committed vela quotes to memory because he's a sadist <laughs> We've already established that. god knows tensed propositions but not tensely tyler vela okay thanks tyler vela um you're a very smart man you're very intelligent. <laughs> I have high respect for your IQ. I think I think your IQ is super high. Muhammad Ibal, early 20th century. Oh no, I can't do this. Open, open I can't. I know you can't. An open he's, God. He's gotta shut up. See this in his now look, I could point out that there's Jewish and Islam that believe in classical theism. What? Why is this important? Yeah, Muslims. One of their things is predestination. That's one of the pillars of Islam. They're they're all Calvinists. So if there's like a guilt by association, I don't, I don't think that works to their advantage. But I'm going to skip forward exactly. because we can't just be reading texts from John Sanders. And that's not like an argument. That's what I was, again, and he keeps cla claiming 20 times. He'll, you'll hear him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I quoted 20, you know, I, whatever. I brought up 20 verses. We, in other words, while he was reading through his script, there was a parenthesis that had some scripture quotations, you know, citations there with the whatever commentator he was reading his notes. Is that is that, uh, you know, is that proof? I mean, is yeah, that an argument? It's the A.W. Ridiculous. Method of the Bible. You first you write your paragraph and then you go through your paragraph and add parentheses and slap into Bible verses wherever you think uh, a Bible verse should be. That's, that's how A.W. Pink writes his books. Exactly. But he, he's got a new slide, and guess what? It's another wall of text. I, what? So let's pull up that comment again. Let's scroll up. He says, um, at, uh, whoop, whoop, go back to Rachel, and she says, she's grabbed William Freeman's comment. I see Ryan's plan is to bore Irenic into submission. 100%. Why are we reading? Why are we reading walls and paragraphs of text? What is the argument? It's deceased now is actually saying that love is more important, that God loves you. Okay. Uh, this is great. He just, he does. He expresses my opinion perfectly. And without, you know, I have no contradictions in the view. And then he scolds me for holding it <laughs> because yeah, so, I believe the Bible. So this part of the debate, he pulls up Clark Pinnock and he's like, here's Clark Pinnock, yeah. the guy who I don't like. <laughs> Look at the things that he says. Oh, isn't it terrible? Like, that's... <laughs> That's not what the debate is. You're not debating Clark Pinnock here. Mm. But let's see what he says. Is more important than God knowing. Again, it is one thing to suggest that Augustine was influenced by Greek thought. 
quite another to conclude that he was taking a posture of capitulation. A uh, provisional perspective is here. Uh, Assalamualaikum, alaikum, mate. <laughs> Whether Pinnock concedes this in his case with respect to cultural, the culture of modernity, it is certain that Augustine would not have recognized himself as treating culture as a source of theology. Pinnock, Wells Move, Mover, page 142. So it is not really the case that Pinnock substitutes a frankly biblical approach for an ostensibly pagan philosophical one, but that the more, but, but he more explicitly draws upon the secular thinking as a subordinate source. Pinnock even refers to Whitehead as a Christian. So this would have been oh no it's so terrible he referred to whitehead as oh, i know oh. Oh, that's so awful that he called whitehead a christian um so william says ironic never ever got to make your strongest arguments because the whole debate was supposed to be about the bible i'm not hearing any bible rachel says uh, he's so offended shocked and amazed because they think incredulity is a substitute for argumentation they say oh you're an open theist you think that god doesn't know the future god that's terrible. That's awful. I won the Look, debate. Yeah, though I'm very proud of the yeah, I'm proud of the debate on my side of it, but I will I would say that's a it's a lousy debate because of that reason. He like look, I what am I supposed to attack? I'm I'm waiting for him to, you know, establish his case. And I'm all prepared to go through the verses and everything, but I don't want to be I don't want to put myself on the uh, bearing the burden. And I was like, fuck you, if you don't... Oh, hey, 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 come on, come on. We got maybe kids watching. We gotta put it okay, I'm going to... How do, How are we going to cure this? I got to... I got to... I got to... Time out. Get, you think I'm not get angry before you talk because then then poor kids are going to hear a word and they're going to be scarred for life. Is This This is how this works. Uh, did I ever... Did you ever hear my, uh, my kids saying a bad word in McDonald's story? Okay. So... It was after Awanas, and I had all my kids at McDonald's, and I had brought some of their friends to Awanas, and uh, I go to get all their food and ice cream from um, from the McDonald's counter, and I come back, and um, the kid asks me, he's like, do you allow your kids to swear? And I think about it, I'm like, uh, yeah, with discretion. You know, my kids are like, I don't like eight. That's like, it, words are words, and so if you're using discretion, and there's purpose and meaning, yeah, sure. And he was shocked because he thought I'd be like all cracking down. on it. He's like, well, they said a bad word. I'm like, oh, OK. What word did he say? And uh, um, he's like, oh, I don't want to tell you. It's like, oh, come on. You got just tell me. Um, and they're like, nope, we're not going to tell you what bad word that was. I was like, OK, just give me the first letter. And then they're like, B. I'm like, OK, I know what this swear word is. I got <laughs> an idea what this bad word was. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, okay, what's the, what's the second letter? And they're like, A. I'm like, B, A? What bad word starts with B, A? And I'm sitting there thinking, it turns out the word was bastard, you know, like a, oh, yeah, like, bastard. Like a kid mm -hmm. whose parents are not married. A bastard was apparently the bad word. I'm like, that's not a bad word. What is, what's going on? It was a setup. The kid had, had saw a subtitle on the TV played at McDonald's, and they said bastard on on the television and then he had one of my kids say it to try to set him up to get him in trouble for saying a bad word it's like you can't do that oh you that's not that. fair that's not a good so i kind of backfired on him okay so, but i can't look i'm not gonna take i'm not gonna mitigate what i said that has not you know not even close to you know well, yeah, that we, word we don't want so to i apologize i really apologize for that that on was a family way channel. 
Way over the line. Okay, Adam sorry. Taylor has his six children gathered Oops. around the computer, he says. So I'm not, and, yeah. And he says that all his children now are now smoking and cursing. Oh, well, I am going to have no a cigarette. I hope but that's all right. At most, a Unitarian, as by anyone. These writers, One minute. The, these writers treated the incarnation as an idea, an abstract general concept. This is far, it seems to me. So I got a smoking story, too, because this guy's incredibly boring. Um, so I went to Summit <laughs> Ministries in Colorado. And, uh, you know, it's where a bunch of youth go to learn the Bible. It's like a camp that's like two or three weeks, and they teach you all about uh, the Bible and, and politics and things like that. And uh, one of the days, I was, I was next to the phones. This is back before cell phones. No one had cell phones. And so there's like a wall of phones. And there's this girl just bawling on the phone. And I was like... I didn't know what to do, and uh, I should have, in retrospect, comforted her and tried to talk to her and get her to tell me what's going on. And she was attractive, so there would be like no downside. And so, but it turns out I didn't do that. And it turns out that the, the she left the place, and it became a huge deal because um, they stood up and they said this this girl had to leave the entire campus because she's a smoker. And uh, all these uh, Christians, all these girls were nagging her and calling her not a Christian. And uh, she was there because she she was like teetering on the edge of Christianity, not knowing whether she wanted to be a Christian or not. And then she's being harassed by all these these Christian people about smoking. It's so awful. And so I failed in my duties to... I guess they were helping her. Yeah, I guess they helped her with a decision, maybe. Yeah, young men always comfort attractive crying ladies <laughs> david says i'm smoking a calvi cigar right non-calvi cigar yeah you don't want those calvi cigars so i believe it goes into the next slide slide 19 please i, I kept imagining the, the audience every time he mentioned the new slide cannot be made into a general philosophical concept, oh, he's got whether of a Parmadian, Kipgarian, or a Heraclean Hegelian form. Hegel, Telhard, and Whitehead were indebted Don't. to Greek thought. Notice the heretics, existentialists, rationalists, modernists were indebted to Greek thought. See, any the reference Heraclean to the Bible here? Uh, were dedicated to Parmenides. <laughs> Provisional perspective is, is laughing. He has so in controlling his slides. Yeah, you got to bring you got to bring your own technology. You can't rely on other people. Um, there's ways to do it. So OBS is a program you can download, and there's a plugin that you could get where you could treat your whole screen and use that as your webcam. So uh, often you could feed your entire screen into into a camera like it is like it is mm -hmm. directly a webcam. And so if you have a picture of yourself on the screen, then you can simulcast yourself with your background but he doesn't do that instead he builds walls of text he puts that into a powerpoint he sends it to th some guy and what happens in the start of this debate well you start playing the guitar the, the whole stream went down no one can read anything uh none of the powerpoints are working and like half of this debate is you just sitting there playing a guitar it's like the craziest thing i've ever seen <laughs> I, well you know there were technical issues that you know what can i say i'm you know, I was just trying to go with the flow here. <laughs> it Jeff wasn't says, my issue, so. Jeff says he's got a lot of tobacco farmers at his church. Yeah, yeah there you go. I like farmers. In fact, 
Elsewhere, Pinnock draws on Justin Martyr's formulation of the Logos concept Holy in buckets. search for the universal natural theology. Oh, Even no. Stoic influence is well known. This I is not like an to, argument. In my next um, point, the next time I have to speak, play a clip by Dr. Bob Enyard. Dr. It, Enyard, it might be evidence that uh, Justin that wasn't God an open theist when Christ or whoever. Flesh, he changed, <laughs> but will yield to ironic Pelagian. Oh, no. Thank you so much, Ryan. For oh, no. William says, by the end of the debate, I'd rather have chosen a root canal over another slide. Oh, no. He, he, <laughs> he's going to play like a clip from Bob Enyart somewhere, right? Does, does he that does. It That's does, terrible. yeah. He, it's very... There he was. There. Okay, I don't know if I want to fast forward that or if we listen to your response, but... Uh, I think in my in my response is what one of the things I say in my response is exactly what he's going to. It's so funny because I was able to kind of uh, I mean, I already upset his I already claimed exactly. I already made it the exact same argument out of John one that he's going to play where in your talks about this is God becoming a man. That's a change, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's, so that's you know, the clip, I think. Yeah. Feel free to criticize uh, openly, you know, whatever, you know, freely, free. Yeah. Give me any positive or negative criticism. And, uh, you know, I admit this mic problem, yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't yes, have a chance to set it up properly ahead of time. All right. So just to address a couple of things, I guess. He was really surprised that out of all the scripture he quoted, I hadn't addressed any. Well, this is my first time for addressing. Well, writes Ryan's cult spent twenty minutes coddling Ryan after his pathetic performance. It's it's oh, it's it was negative, awful. It's a negative feedback loop. These people, like James White, they act arrogantly and they they make completely wrong-headed, provably wrong statements, and their audience feeds into it and they say, "Oh, you're like, so smart, you're so wise," and then it's. It, and then it, it gives some positive incentive to keep doing this stuff. There's there's no it, negative reinforcement. Dude, you, it's pathetic. Like I was going to suggest, you should you should just play uh, Smoky Saints after debate show to to get commentary from these kill me. people. Gonna it's kill awful. Me. They're going to kill me. I got I have to watch all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe if I really really want some pain, we have to do a cringe cast on Tyler Vela, mm. <laughs> the Tyler Vela debate with uh idol killer uh that might be a suit i oh man uh keep, keep yeah. all the loaded weapons away from me <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you keep uh, the recording going <laughs> i have my own opening right so let me just say that to begin with so he's jumping the gun there um but i i did remember man i mean i really dropped the ball on my opening so i need to uh since nobody really has talked about what uh classical uh, omniscience is i kind of started to get into it but then didn't finish with it but um so classical theism like this uh scholar was talking about this is a a, a an idea about god that here's rachel she wants me to do a drinking game i should do a drinking game with the slides or every time he says i'm shocked i'd be wasted i would die she's trying to kill me this is attempted murder kind of derived from plato and his idea about uh, the good and and it, it kind of down through the ages uh you know about around the time of christianity a, a guy named plotinus was uh, really popular and he he had come up with the you know he called his idea was the one and 
and it has to do with uh, the you know the metaphysical. Yeah, so you're just explaining things right now, and uh, so you're you're not in debate mode. It looks like it's you're just in an explaining historical situation mode. Yeah, well, I'm just going to explain. I'm trying just to get to the idea of what what we're supposed to be looking for. One, if he ever does get to the Bible. Okay, we're going to skip for about five minutes and then see what where we're at. This gets to the idea of, of, you know, that God, you know, is there's just the present and he knows the present. So it sounds like your microphone has a gate. And since you're speaking away from your microphone, every time the decibel level falls below that gate, then your microphone uh, suddenly becomes more quiet. I and think so I was going out of range of the cardioid uh, pattern that I was supposed to be in front of. More, more than yes, anything no. else. So you needed to angle yourself more towards that microphone. Present perfectly. Now there are things that God has planned. Like uh, I believe that in like Romans eight at the end of the chapter there that God has predestined. That means ahead of time He decided that believers would be eventually. Yeah, that's that's the funniest thing. Opetheists are like God has plans, and they're like. God can't accomplish those plans. I'm like, what are you talking about? God can do things. They're like, no, not an open theism. God can't do anything. He can't know anything. Uh, he, he just, he has to just sit there and be passive. Get this. Then, oh, go ahead. He, he can't decide when Jesus is born. Uh, uh, 3 BC, 6 BC. He can't make Jesus be born on that date. That's not something he could do. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What, what, what kind no, of conversation is this? Yeah, forget Paul when he said, in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son, born of a virgin, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like, how can when the God, time was right. <laughs> how can God bring about the apocalypse of the earth if he doesn't know the future? Like, that's like something like something he could do. It's whatever well, what, he wants to do. So I, do, if, do you remember the, the scriptures he did cite in his first slide? Oh, you're going to have to remind me. Okay, uh, so, um, well... I just want to refer to the second one. It, it's about uh, Luke in Luke, where Jesus is talking about the people on which the the, the tower of Siloam fell, and he said to them, "You must repent, uh, or you, you know, uh, unless you repent, you will likewise perish." Now, get this: he actually said this. How would Jesus know they were going to perish if they didn't <laughs> repent? How could he know that? Oh man. Do you, can you believe that? Can you believe it? Like, it's not like maybe it occurred to Jesus that anyone at any time, you know, if they die and they haven't repented, they're going to perish. <laughs> I mean, that kind of statement isn't limited to the time. You know, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. This guy. I mean, this is. They have to make up arguments because they don't have <laughs> arguments. So it has to be like the most. Inst oh. So one thing about these cults or these in groups is their memes make no sense. Oh. I, posted, I posted an example in God is Open um, about, I think it's about atonement and limited atonement. And they're like, uh, if God, if not everyone's saved, then it's limited atonement. Well, that's not usually what people mean when they say unlimited atonement. And so they, they portray like this as some sort of mind-blowing statement made by the Calvinist. And the Arminian is just like, what? And their mind is blown. Like any of those memes you see made by Calvinists, which uh, is Dwayne, the Johnson Rock, 
in the mm-hmm. return to witch mountain where there's like a backseat and the front seat person mm-hmm. and then the middle seat per or backseat person yeah the guy it's yeah he's like <laughs> any calvinist who makes uses that template you're gonna look at those statements and they're the most insane out of the world things like this would actually just confuse everyone no one is going to be shocked no one's going to have their mind blown they're just mm-hmm. going to think you're like an idiot so it's it's them hallucinating what they wish the reaction it's, would be it's it's memes for the choir <laughs> like, yeah so. so i i think it's a form of like uh not like not like cosplay but uh like larping like live action role playing this is this is the world that they wish existed that would treat their statements as if they're profound wisdom whereas normal people would treat these statements as profane idiocy like like the statement of rc sprell that that husbands choose their own <clears throat> wife in this monergistic way that the wife has no control over and that's a good analogy for salvation normal people are like what the heck are you talking about you psychopath and- oh are you talking about when he when he says these people they want to choose their wife, but they don't want to let God choose who he... <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they believe in monergism, and they're comparing choosing your wife to monergism, and normal, rational people see that as absolutely insane. And the Calvinists, mm-hmm. they, they, they're, it's like they're tone deaf, because they've got mm-hmm. all this positive yeah, reinforcement about this talking point, that they think it's a good talking point. And they're they're totally shocked when the rest of the world sees sees their meme and says this is absolutely insane, this is absolutely insane. And so, I I didn't I didn't capture it, but there was this thread once on an Arminian Calvinist debate page where they they posted the sinner's prayer done by Spurgeon, where it's like here's how the Arminian prays. Oh God, uh, please, uh, I, we'd have to pull it up. Did you but not that, hear them? Re- oh no i'm sorry that's that was smoky saints saying he actually he had some guy brought in hey check out this prayer matt slick put it at the end of this thing and it's the open theist guy praying about his daughter yeah just so, so ridiculous uh and so what happened in the thread that i i'm remembering is everyone replied writing the calvinist versions of the prayers oh nothing i do is matters my prayer is actually like a superficial thing it's, it's perfunctory <laughs> without purpose because everything's decided and the guy got so much ridiculed that he deleted the entire thread that's why i don't have a copy of it because mm. uh, he was mocked so much it's like he wasn't expecting to get mocked this much because they they're totally yeah they're in their bubble the yeah 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 they get, mm-hmm. they get mocked their memes don't make sense except to their in-group and their in-group is like, haha, this is so funny. Uh, pe- people monergistically choosing their wives. Uh, it's it's insanity. I, I think we're getting some of that tonight here in, in uh, probably this after show that we're being referenced. And, and I would just say followers. I would just say most of these guys are all PW'd if you want, if you know what I mean. Anyways. Really conform to the image of his son. That's what it says there. That it, it, that's what was predestined. All right, we're going to go to his next slide. At the same time, huge block yeah, earlier on. on in the chapter, skipping forward, five or ten, probably fifteen scriptures, and I have about four or six slides of scriptures. I have not quoted all the scriptures in my notes because I haven't had time. So if Irenic is going oh, to posture man. like that, maybe he can actually deal with something that I quoted. And by the what? way. 
I didn't just quote extra biblical writers. I quoted leading open theist scholars. Why why are they relevant to this debate? They're not relevant to the debate of whether or not the Bible teaches classical theism. They're irrelevant. That's what I thought. And so they they want they they say you can only engage with me on my terms. And my terms is we don't talk about the Bible in a debate about what the Bible talks about. Again, <laughs> the Bible is their weak point. They don't want to talk about the Bible. If you, if you demand that the debate is about what the Bible teaches, they don't want to engage in those debates. They don't. They, they, they don't have Bible sources. They don't have Bible evidence. They want philosophy. They want to grandstand about random people who are modern theologians who you may or may not agree with. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. That admit what you believe is not Christian. It's actually more common paganism. Now, interestingly, in his argument just now against classical theism, as he's forcing me into, which technically, yes, all of the Orthodox Church fathers did argue and he's for that. Like that mad, and he's a classical theist. Technically, yes. We believe in God's exclusivity. That's what the debate is. We believe that there is only one way to heaven, and that is through Where's Jesus Christ. Where's the debate title? However, if you'll zoom in, praise. Here's the, here's the title of the, here's the title here. Here's the title of the debate. Debate. Is classical omniscience biblical? The Mormons would completely agree with nearly everything that Irenic just said. God himself was once as we are now, and that is an exalted man, and sits enthroned. Jeff says he's debating these scholars, not Irenic. I don't even think he's debating the scholars. He's just reading things that they said. And they're supposed to be wrong on face value. You're supposed to read it and be like, ugh, Whitehead said something? Ugh. Somebody liked Whitehead? Ugh. <laughs> That's the argument. By the mere uh, sense of, you know, this, you know, your, your sen the mere fact that your sensibilities are being stroked is enough to tell you he's, you know, wrong. Yuck. Gross. Now that I won that argument, they're like, open theists, they think that God doesn't know the future. Ugh. Gross. Ugh. Gag. Oh, man, isn't that terrible? All right, now that I've defeated that argument, let's move on. Can you scroll, please, praise? In yonder heavens, it is the first principle of the gospel to know for, know for a certainty the character of God and to know that we may converse with him as one man converses with another and that he was once a man like us, yea, that God himself, the father of us all, dwelt on an earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did. The teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith Sal Joseph Fielding Smith, so, <clears throat> excuse me, Salt Lake City, Deseret Book, 1983, pages. I should have interrupted and said, excuse me, did I get into the wrong debate? Was it about, was classical omniscience um, Mormon? <laughs> um, let me see if I can find the slide I wanted to play. Um, let me see. Is this, is this a, a question and answer or something else? Yes, yeah, so now I'm confused. It's yes, either I'm, I'm or. Building yeah. to a point. It's both. Yeah, I'm, I'm building to a point since it's open discussion. So if you'd let me finish, I'll get to the question. Now, the question is simple, actually. The question is, Irenic, do you affirm divine hypostasis, that God is fully God and fully man, 100% God? How is this part of the debate? How, how is this? Let's go back and we'll go read the title again. I'll try. Is classical omniscience biblical? And he's talking about hypostatic union. They, they, they showed up for the wrong debate. They, they, they prepared for, they built slides for, 
and they 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 showed up for the wrong debate. God, one hundred percent man. Uh, I only affirm what the Bible teaches. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if you're trying, if you're see, you're introducing now this Greek idea of the hypostases, right? This is part of the you know, this is part of Plato's stuff, right? And this. Oh, is, good lord. Are you actually this, telling me that ugh, you don't think ugh. Christ is fully God and fully man? Um, if I could be allowed to finish my question. Yeah, let it finish, Ryan. It's, 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 it's this outrage again. He's outraged. You said something he doesn't like. Oh, oh, it's so terrible. Okay, so um, as I was saying, you, you're introducing this idea of these hypostases that is Greek philosophical mumbo jumbo as far as i'm concerned now i believe everything the bible teaches i believe that jesus is god you know i believe that it you know again this is irrelevant to the debate this is not what the debate's about he just wants to talk about it because he thinks he's got some sort of got you on this point which is sometimes funny funny to point out in my debate i kind of i kind of did kind of a similar thing where they're like they're like, you don't actually believe God has eyes. I'm like, well, I, I think we're all Trinitarians here. And and they were taken aback. They didn't know how to answer because that puts them in this weird, awkward position where they are be, have to be like, well, we don't believe that Jesus's body was actually God. And the, and so it puts them in this weird, in, in this you weird know, position. Be, yeah, it's a position where you, they just took the shock value out of their statement, but it they still have it, they think. They it, it's just that they have to explain to their audience now that what you said is obviously ridiculous. Yeah, so they have to rephrase, they have to regroup, and then they have to, they're put on the defensive, and mm. they don't know how to act. It's just like, it, it's a really funny thing to do. Before the incarnation, the word existed, and he had a nature that was fully capable of becoming human. He didn't need to add anything to his nature the word didn't. The Bible doesn't. Yeah. Agatha says it's a dishonest debate tactic. Find something the opponent thinks that you think most people won't like and use that to strip the opponent's other views of validity. It's like uh, poisoning the well. It's like, oh, you think that, uh, uh, let's say, oh, Franco uh, in, in Spain, that that was a he was a good person and did some good things for Spain. Oh, therefore, you're wrong about the Bible. Like what? That's not, that's not an argument. That's that, that the two things have nothing to do with each other. What are we, what are we talking about here? Is this a debate? Uh, Brandon says Tyler did that to idol. I wouldn't know uh, unless I unless I have another cringe cast. I would not know if that's what <laughs> did to idol killer. I don't. He he's a sadist. Idol killer. Uh, he's a glutton for punishment for pain indicate that anything changed as far as his nature when the incarnation. I hear that uh, idol killer takes uh, cold showers in the morning. He's such a sadist. Incarnation happened. I might have made so that up. So we don't read about a hypostasis <laughs> in Jesus. And it doesn't make sense that a person, a, a person like Jesus, has more than one nature to it. That would be, he's the only person in history that anyone has ever thought to have an idea like that and it's only because the classical theists have this already uh you know uh, affirmed position in their head that the divine and the the created cannot mix 
but that does not that's not what the bible teaches and i'll be happy to explain where if we get into it so what does he say is he, come on ryan respond respond to the answer so yes jesus i believe is god and he was a fully 100 percent human being ryan any t- any time now ryan hello <laughs> Ryan, Ryan where, where'd you go? Hello, Ryan. Are you there? <laughs> Even the moderator. Is he on mute? Hold on. I hope yeah. his connection's all right. Oh, this is terrible. Okay. Uh, I no, see- I'm not muted. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Now we can hear you. Strange. Uh, I was no, quoting Matthew strange. 1 and verse 23 because Irenic has just revealed that he has denied our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew what? 1 and verse 23 says, You're like, I believe what the Bible says, and here's some of the conceptions found in the Bible, and then Ryan pops on, Wow, you deny the Bible. Like, what? What? <laughs> Were you listening to the same response? The, the same question answer as me? Yes. Let me see. Chapter 14. Zechariah. Come on now. Matthew 1 and verse 23 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. I can't imagine this guy loving life. Imagine being this guy's kid. I don't know if this guy has kids or not, but just imagine if you were this guy's kid. That would be miserable. You'd be in a state of misery your entire childhood. You ever see you ever see those redheaded kids that are full of freckles? Uh, you know, growing up. The you know how they're kind of teenagers? Yeah, yeah, that's what, I'm, you know, it, they stand out and they, you know, they feel, spe- you know, I don't know how it might affect them, but, you know, other kids tease them and stuff. This kid, this is this kid. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> if you've seen him. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So oh, apparently, he's not making- he who likes to charge others with pagan and Greek philosophy does not understand that Christ manifested in the- Did he demonstrate that? I, I didn't hear him demonstrating. I, I, no. And here's the one thing, is don't base metaphysical truths about theology based on meanings of names. That's one thing to do. And another <laughs> point is, Jesus' name was not Emmanuel. <laughs> no one ever called him that, except Matthew, I guess. Yeah, so it's, it's one of these near prophecies where, you, you know, you, you find an Old Testament passage that, comes true in spirit but not really in detail so it's like uh uh well i i I told him this is a perfect uh place to go to demonstrate what is going on here as far as the parallelism that is in matthew's mind you know so here's matthew thinking about the couple think coming back from egypt and I, i made the point that you know so of course his mind is drawn to that statement in hosea about uh you know uh, out of Israel, I called my son, right? And it, and so, it, you know, this is a, a, an appropriation of, of, of a text. And then just, just now, and I, I claimed it was through the Holy Spirit's inspiration, Matthew did this, you know? But this, we have to understand, this is what's going on here. And then to apply, uh, and I said, this, this uh, text in Isaiah 7 is going to be the perfect, text because you know we have prophecy made prophecy fulfilled right there you know and we shouldn't expect anything else i mean there's no reason anybody reading it at the time would so go go ahead yeah yeah that's it's really funny especially when you try to point out how they actually use prophecy you'll be like 
okay, so uh, out of Egypt, I call my son. And uh, it's kind of parallel to this this event here in the New Testament. And so they draw it on it as a parallelism. It wasn't a prophecy. And they'll immediately be like, so you deny the Bible? Like, what? <laughs> you, what <death? laughs> no, no, I don't deny the Bible. My argument is literally you are reading this in an anti-biblical mindset. My argument is that you're denying the Bible by treating this as a Nostradamus prophecy. That's not what it is. When King David right. is, is talking about uh, his ribs showing, that's him starving. That's not Jesus getting his ribs cut open to be visible. Uh, it, it's not about that. It's not a prophecy about that. It's used Yeah, he brings up Psalm 22. Yeah, you read, read go, go show Psalms 22 to someone unfamiliar with the Bible and say, hey, tell me about this prophecy. What does this tell us about the future? And they'll look at you like you're insane. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not like a Nostradamus prophecy. I think just, I made the point pretty clear on that point. And yeah. So we'll we'll scroll forward. It looks like he pulls up his big slides again. And I'm going to punish the audience for, for being naughty. And they're going to have to listen to them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-oh. It's spinning. Maybe it doesn't like me. I want to define that from the Heidelberg or Palatinate Catechism. And by the oh, way, no. most Christians oh, are no. the ones that don't are usually heretical. See, he's going to point it out says, how heretical I am, right? Days. <laughs> the guy named Irenic Pelagian, don't you know this guy's a heretic? Like, what are we thinking? <laughs> I know, right? Irenic Pelagian. The guy, the guy with a handle on the internet of Irenic Pelagian. Listen, I need this debate because he's a heretic. This guy... <laughs> Right. Do we even need to go any further? Look at what his name is. Yeah, look, you can just read his <laughs> it's name. It's a heretic. I could point to his name again if you all need to read it. I win this debate. You see his name. Look at look at his name. Question 15. What kind of mediator and deliverer oh, should buckets. you look for then? Answer. Oh. One is truly human and truly righteous, yet more powerful than all creatures, that is, who is also true God. Question 16. Why must he be truly man, human, and truly righteous? Answer, God's justice. Okay, so this is a debate about the Bible, and let's read some Palatinate catechisms and, and uh, random quotes from people who aren't in the Bible. This is awful. This is awful. I, I don't know how I would have handled it. I probably would have done something like in my response being like, this is a debate about the Bible. All I've heard is nonsense about modern authors and ancient authors. I haven't heard anything Bible. Yeah, and I said so, that about four or five times. So, so nothing that he's saying I care about. Uh, you say there's a catechism somewhere that says something. Okay, I don't care. Do not care. <laughs> um, they, it could it could be lost in a fire. I do not care. They say something, we could discard it. It's not in the Bible. Uh, our authority, uh, the, what the debate about is tonight, is the Bible and not some random other piece of paper. You, you might think this is part of the Bible, and uh, it, but it's not part of the Bible. I, I, I did a text search in the Bible for these words, and it's not there. <laughs> it's just not there. Man's that human nature, which has sinned. He must pay for this. He, uh, which is sin, must pay for sin. Do you think maybe he got like a lamination and he laminated this into the front of his Bible? Maybe. <laughs> I think maybe. It's sin. But a sinner could never pay. So I did that to my Chinese roommate in college. Uh, he was a Chinese national from China, and uh, a lot of a lot of good times there. I don't know how much he liked me, but uh, he wanted one of my books, a Milton Friedman book, 
and I, I decided to give it to him. Um, but I made sure to print off a first Corinthians 15 in Chinese. And then I put that in the front of the book, the like uh, inside of the cover. And then I used that uh, clear tape and, and taped it down. So it's like lamination. I like, here's the book. So it's my yeah. way of like helping giving him the gospel in Chinese. He's, I don't there know. Maybe, maybe he took it back to China and got in trouble and was in prison for like five years. <laughs> but, uh, you uh, smuggling in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. But uh, yeah, so maybe that's what he does with these catechisms. He just he staples them or tapes them into the Bible, and that's his new Bible. For others, question 17, why must he also be a true God? Answer, so that he, by the power of his divinity, he might bear the weight of God's anger and his humanity and earn us and restore us the righteousness in life. Let me pause there for just a moment. You are You just said a little while ago that the cross could be manipulated, could be subjected. If that is true, then there is no propitiation for our sins. It's a wrath. Oh man, sacrifice. this is these are not arguments. Uh, let me see. Question eighteen: Who and who is this mediator, true God, and at the same time truly human and truly righteous? Please scroll. So this is one of my pet peeves: is when someone's argument uh, relies on very specific wooden definitions of words. So uh, he found a word in the Bible, propitiation, and he has a very specific meaning and understanding of that word. And therefore, if you say anything that contradicts his assigned meaning to that word, then all of a sudden you're wrong and you're not biblical. It's like the Matt Slick thing. So Matt Slick said, oh, um, God must uh, know all future events because he died for our sins on the cross. Uh, it says here in Colossians that he died for our sins, that he paid our sins. Therefore, he must have had a categorical list uh, of all future sins that could ever occur or would ever occur and that he's paying them off directly um, by name, like like every by line item. It's like that's that's not written in the text. That's something you brought to the text. Uh, it could easily be something like um, the people, the Marines at Iwo Jima died for our freedom. In that way, uh, Christ could have died for our sins in the same sense. But nope, nope, uh, that can't be it because he has a super specific understanding of what it means to die on the cross for our sins. And therefore our theology is wrong because he has this, this imported, imported view on the text. Oh, you should have heard him when I said, when I suggested that, uh, I believe God has certain purposes like the resurrection, for instance, that that was going to happen because that involved the whole, I mean, his whole plan was to save humanity from death and the resurrection seems, you know, you can see even the picture of it is, uh, you know, instrumental in that plan. So I would say, you know, I was suggesting that God, you know, is going to make sure that happens. But then I suggested, but but the fact that he had to d die on a cross, I'm not sure that, that, you know, that had to happen. You know, God could have caused him to die some other way. And oh man, he flipped his lid. <laughs> like like the Old Testament doesn't mention a cross. There, there's some sort of reference in Psalms 22 to a tree. A tree is not a cross. And so, mm, yeah, David writes, I have committed sins uh, that he was not expecting, that God was not expecting for sure. I think provisionist perspective, Drew, um, he was he was streaming on Facebook his gambling on, on his personal page. I was shocked, shocked that he'd stream his gan gambling addiction, his, his Lego gambling addiction. Jeez, all we need now is a drunkard to show up. I know, those, those terrible drugs... Oh, it's, it's so funny. 
Crow praise. Our Lord answer. So I, I think the funniest thing is like the Pastor Anderson's. It's like uh, he's talking about drinking and Pastor Anderson is like, they called Christ a drunkard. And it was just a complete lie. There's no basis in that truth. He, he wouldn't, Christ, Jesus, he would not even touch alcohol. So it's just a bold-faced lie. No, they, they called him a drunkard because he drank a lot of alcohol, actually. And so it was a slander because they're just claiming he was a, like a sloppy drunk. But he was a drinker. They're doing exactly what this guy's doing to me. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who was given to us and set completely free and to make us right with God. What are so we how doing? can Christ, is this? if we go to my uh, point here, we'll get to those scriptures momentarily. Okay. If Christ is God, lacks exhaustive foreknowledge, how could he incarnate? How would <laughs> he know, Mark 10, verse 45, he must come, the suffering servant, to ransom the lives of his many sheep? How could a This is absolutely insane. Um how could he become a suffering servant if he doesn't know the future exhaustively? Maybe he goes through the argument, but it's a non sequitur. Forgetful open deity at which the demons flee do that. And by the way, just so I can document that I'm not pulling it out of my head, would you scroll to the bottom of the slide, praise? It was actually please, somewhere uh, else I was thinking he pulled it out of. But... Right well, I think he's seconds, about to say minutes. it, but he... This is leading open CS Bob Enyard. Unlike Irenic, he realized his, his stream was for children. <laughs> and he's making much the same argument. Oh, no. Don't do media. Don't add media into your debate. Do not rely on videos. Don't, don't rely on PowerPoints. You should be able to talk without video. Look, dead air. Dead air. You're adding media. Oh no! Now you're scrolling. One minute and timestamp. Uh, seconds, brace. Don't do it. So criticism, real quick, of Bob Enyer. He does this in the James White debate, where he wanted to bring in audio of FDR predicting how the U.S. is going to win World War II, and his audio malfunctioned. And so it's it was a big catastrophe and a scandal. And James White basically accused Bob Enyart of being dishonest because Enyart added the audio post facto into their version of the streamed debate. And uh, James White's like, your audio is malfunctioning. You're, you're creating a false record. So it, it just gives opportunity when you add things like digital media into your debate. It adds opportunity for criticism. It adds opportunity for failure, for or things to go down and crash and to derail the debate and make you look incompetent. You don't you don't do it. Don't don't do slides unless you have definite control over it and are able to practice it and can and can function without it easily. Switch as soon as it fails, switch over to your plan. I B. would say the short video that I played to begin my presentation, that I I had all that, you know, I had worked it out. I knew it was a minute, three seconds, you know, and uh, and I didn't need it, you know, but it, I thought it was just it was good to hear one of their guys say this thing, especially, you know, this idea of, you know, imagine if if they were all wrong that early on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine. So that's it's again, it's appeal to emotion. It's like if if this thing was true, then that would be a really bad thing. It's like, ah, that's that's. That's not how reality is determined. It's not determined by our feelings. Like reality doesn't take a consensus of 
of how people feel about events and feel about propositions. And then the truth value is based on some sort of overall utilitarian uh, uh, function or mathematical formula to determine truth. That's that's not how truth operates. It, uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Your, your feelings are just your feelings. They, they don't care. I do like how he's going to play Bob Edyard. So, one minute and 11. That's one. So thing. he's playing people that he disagrees with, basically making your arguments for you. Well, he's associating me with all these people, you know, obviously. Yeah, but but the, the idea that you'd go into a debate and spend more than half your time just quoting opponents of your view is is preposterous. This is, this is a very stupid strategy because um, even if you personally don't agree with those people, He's telling the audience that all these views are out there, exists, and he's allowing them to speak for themselves and make arguments during time that's all allocated for him to make a positive case for his position. And all you have to do to respond to say, I don't agree with these people, uh, all of that stuff you did was just irrelevant. He's just wasted all his debate time. This is lunacy. This, this is insane. Except that I don't mind that they get to hear Bob Inyart just re-echo what I had already stated real clearly about, yeah. you know, the incarnation actually being a change in God. How could you see it otherwise? Yeah, so it's a win-win-win. So either you agree with the person, and now they're just they're just uh, reinforcing your point, um, or you disagree, and you could just dismiss their point, and it eats into their debate time. This is very. This person's not smart. The, the person you're debating, Ryan, is not intelligent. He's a dumb person. 32. He's going to play it. Debate. He's going to play it. The okay. order of uh, debate. The order of uh, this, uh, and, uh, debate. They, they don't got a timestamp. And Yart goes first. Okay, if you're going to do this, put a comment in in the, in the down below on the YouTube video with a timestamp so you can just scroll to your comment and click it. And Mr. Enyart, please commence. Does God change? It's all about God, everything, this debate. Some believe that God cannot change, but can he? If we find that God can change, then Calvinism collapses because it's based on the belief that God cannot. Malachi 3.6, God says, I do not change. But that's in his righteous character, where he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our one God exists in three persons, Father, Son, Spirit. If any one of them ever changed, then God would change because they're all God. God the Son did not always exist in the flesh. However, John 1.14 says that he became flesh. So let's talk about Trinity arguments real quick. Not, not all open theists are Trinitarians, I get that, but... Arguing about the Trinity in an open theist debate is incredibly effective because, um, number one, advocates of the hypostatic union, uh, classical theists, they love the Trinity so much that they, they get very defensive very easily over concepts that they themselves don't understand. And so using that, it's, it's something they care very much about and are unable to defend in any sensible way so bob in here pointing out that the incarnation is a change fundamentally hits home at one of their dearest beliefs so it's 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 a good debate strategy in the sense that it's going to fluster frustrate and basically destroy their their uh, calmness their their cool their collectiveness 
<clears throat> what's good is he's using that exactly what you said the trinitarian ideas against them so strongly here because look we have you know with his fingers we have one god you know in three persons right so if one of the persons changes god changes because god is one <laughs> right and it's, so it's funny mm -hmm. because then they have to try to get into some some of their stupid micro details of hypostatic union and try to convince the audience that no they then they have to prove they have to prove platonism they, they they have to prove that they themselves do not deny the trinity it is so funny and so um it's it's not it's not the most uh it's you know the unitarian types the gay mad one that's introduced into an open theist debate but it sure is funny to introduce and mm -hmm. sometimes things should be done because they are funny and dwelt among us became is a change word god <laughs> the son who had always existed in the past as spirit became flesh so in order to maintain that god does not change at all does the calvinist deny that god the son became flesh I and remember, this was this was put into the James White debate as well, and that became a big scandal. And that's why I'm blocked from James White on Twitter because in the aftermath of this James White, Bob Inyart debate uh, about points about the Trinity, I asked James White the the simple question: Was the human part of Jesus God? You know, was was the human mm -hmm. part was that part was that part God? And of course, their answer is no. But they don't want to say no. They'll, but they'll I thought Jesus him. was God. Yeah, it's so funny. It is so funny. They don't want to answer the question. They'll be like, you don't understand the hypostatic union. Or let me let me rephrase your question for you better. No, just answer my question. It as the human part of Jesus, was that part God? They don't want to answer. It's See, so they funny. should just if they were honest, they should just say no. His 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 flesh was not divine. You know? Uh, yeah, that that is their literal a lot of them actually don't know this, is the thing. They they don't know their own theology. They don't know hypostatic union. They don't know the answers to this. They don't know the concept. And so that's why it gets really funny asking them basic questions about their own beliefs. I would hope not. Philippians Let's stop it there, Bryce. Jesus Christ emptied himself and humbled him. So, so there we have it. I mean, what rank blasphemy? Psalm 90 <laughs> and verse 2. <laughs> Look at him. What he said, it's blasphemy. This is an argument about the Bible. This is not an argument about what Bob Enyard says. This is not... Let me let me check. I guess Maybe. John one is blasphemy now. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> did, the, did the title of the debate change? Is it is Bob Enyart a blasphemer? Okay, let's see. Oh, it looks like the title of the debate still the same. Is classical omniscience biblical? Mm. So I, I don't know what that has to do with anything Bob Enyart says about any subject that Bob Enyart's ever talked about in his life. I don't know how that relates to the question: Is classical omniscience biblical? I, Chris, I would think maybe our source should probably be the Bible. Did you see the part where I uh, appealed to the moderator? I did again. The, literally, I can't watch this guy. Yeah, I get. I, no, I don't him, blame you. I mean, uh, and it was. It was. I was like, what? What am I doing? What am I doing with my time? This is so terrible. I can't do it. I so had a bunch of friends that had a real good time at a watch party because they kept. Well, at first they were like, "Yeah, we'll drink every time he puts a slide up." But no, then the, don't do it. <laughs> or they'll tell you know. But then they had to wait. They had to change it to whenever they saw me looking up a scripture. That that was the because they, they were it's getting too much. <laughs> this is bad. Oh man, oh. what is this guy? Ah, oh, 
I, I can't believe he's created a community. I don't know how people <laughs> rally around this. Uh, the average intelligence IQ in America is 100. That's pretty low. So I guess it's possible. <laughs> I, mm. It's blasphemy against Platonism, uh, Jeff writes. Uh, David points out 1 John 4, 1 through 4. I think that's what you were pointing out as well. Right. I'll, I'll try to pull up the text of it. But at this the, the debate just devolved almost instantly once this debate started into just <laughs> things that are irrelevant to the debate. They don't want to talk about the Bible. There's a there's a very strict aversion to just just quoting the Bible and talking about what the Bible means. They don't want to do it. So 1 John 4 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. So, well, so he thinks mm -hmm. that people should do things positively, make choices, right? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Yeah, these people, it's its so funny. They give ways to test out for false prophets. They don't believe that everything's faded. Uh, you should take positive actions to do things, to figure out and find out things. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. So this is actually one of the very early, quote-unquote, heresies in the Bible. Um, this, this idea that Jesus did not come in the flesh. So the Valentinians, for example, uh, if, you, if you pull up their texts, Valentinians didn't think that Jesus had a digestive system that excreted waste. It, he couldn't go to the bathroom. Uh, Jesus going to the bathroom was a bad thing in Gnostic Valentinianism because that means... He's associated with the fleshly world, the material world. He came out as a baby speaking like the full sentences, like like from the womb. He popped out of Mary and then he was just like talking like a normal person in Valentinian Gnosticism because he's not part of the, he, he doesn't learn. He doesn't like grow his his material flesh doesn't die. He's like he's like a divinity. And some of these people say that uh, he didn't even die. He couldn't die on the cross. And he's substituted with this other creature who dies in his stead. And then he's off on the hill laughing at this material being dying. Um, this this is the Gnostic ideas that are being fought against in 1 John 4, that Jesus didn't have flesh. I think Rachel's question out there uh, kind of buttresses what you're saying. Do you think the reason they don't want to discuss the Bible is because they think that average people can't understand the way they can? So it's fruitless to discuss the Bible with. I think what they're doing with is, yeah, go ahead. With yeah, people who don't, mm. with people who don't have special knowledge, like do they do? I think what they're doing is uh, signaling. They're saying, "I'm so smart. Let me read all these quotes by all these people who are scholars for and against my beliefs, and see, I'm so smart. Therefore, I am right, and you are so dumb." You just read the Bible. Very dumb thing to do. I read these other people. See, I just quoted a bunch of people, eh? So I, I know this very well. So I'm smart and you're dumb and I win. So it's, it's like a signaling thing. It's it's not about actual arguments. It's not about digesting and understanding anyone's points. And uh, the fact that he could just play a Bob Inyer video and just say, this guy's a heretic. And that's his argument. Like, like we could hit play. I don't think he's going to expound on the precise details of this this potential obviously he's heresy. not mm -hmm. not going to do it and so um one john 4 3 was very adamant about the gnostic ideas of jesus being false the divine can be flesh in the in the semitic world the material can be divine 
at Moses in Exodus uh, 3, he's on, on holy ground. Remove your sandals because the ground on which you stand is holy. It, it's divine. The divine um, <clears throat> divine sometimes overlaps the material world. Uh, that, that's how they, they view these things. I would argue uh, John the Baptist statement that God could make children of uh, Abraham out of these stones is that same exact idea. But, could, could very well be. Start in verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. What you're I guess he doesn't know I'm a pantheist. <laughs> is it, yes, God changed. The incarnation was not set. The crucifixion was not set. You can't. There's no way you can possibly believe that Christ is fully God and fully man. What are we none playing? of that follows what? it's oh, crazy why don't you let me just you know the audience might decide what i believe or or you might believe my word <laughs> what i believe uh let me address well, uh, it's kind Psalm of hard to believe your word you've given Damn, this guy's terrible this this guy's awful okay <laughs> we're about at an hour and 30 so we're probably going to get going is there any other part of the debate we want to highlight before we we call it quits tonight um you got it I, I just what um what had I mentioned before something uh I don't know I I would just say you know it's it's a terrible debate and it's not much good to, except just the more of the same really and it's, well it is an interesting character study in how human beings think and operate it's uh non sequiturs um mentality the cult mentality <laughs> Iranians face at fifty four. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, but, at uh, 54? Okay. I don't know what uh, that means. Oh, okay. The, yeah, it was just where I had interrupted. Uh, I had asked for the moderator to... I, I appealed to the moderator because he kept associating... You know, he kept avoiding the whole t debate topic and just making these uh, false uh, representations of me trying to associate me with all these people and stuff that I don't even know these people. I don't, I've never said I agree with anything they say. <laughs> and here they're, you know, why are they in here? And, and then he's just admitted to doing that. And I'm saying, look, that's a fallacy. It's a fallacy to paint your opponent with, because he believes something similar to somebody like the Mormons. And that's a fallacy. It's At a known fact, you know, and then he's like, no, that's, that's, that's no, that's fair. Uh, when I do, he's like, okay. And that's when I said, well, okay, I got to appeal to them. I, I want to appeal to the moderator here. <laughs> because, like at this point, what can I say? I mean, the guy's just refuting straight logic. Well, I mean. you, you the guy a moron. <laughs> that's what probably what I would do. I'd be like, you're an idiot. Your argument is really <laughs> actually stupid. I was really, mm -hmm. I was dedicated not to go I like because believe me I can go off the rails if I you know if I allow myself I didn't want to do that though so <laughs> sometimes it's good to signal to the audience that you have nothing but derision for their stupidity yeah I get you so so if the if the audience sometimes the audience their their audience seems fairly slow-witted and so if they're not picking up that they're the object of ridicule and derision and they're idiots and they're being publicly called on it, they, they might not, they might, they might go into an after show and praise the guy for his great debate rather than a little bit of self-reflection. It's like, do we look like idiots to normal people? Is, is this, is this whole thing idiotic? Is what was, what's happening? Is, does that have any bearing with on reality? It's, 
So, you know, um, I, I just, I honestly, along that score, I, I figured it was good enough to let this guy speak. You know, and just do his thing. I, I didn't really have to do much to be, yeah. you know, for people to want to ridicule. I didn't think. Well, sometimes it's fun to ridicule people. Of course, yeah. But I, like I said, on purpose, I didn't want to do it. Believe me, Chris. I mean, I know you probably heard me. Uh, I'm not afraid to. Yeah, um, well, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying you're afraid or you're like timid or anything like that. But it it is a, is a strategy that can or can't be picked at, at leisure. So if you uh, watch now, I will say, but if you watch the debate, you will notice my personal mannerisms. How I, I put on a big smile at the end of my statements, like, you know, like, you know, I'm happy, you know, and a big old smile just to address that point, like bang, 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 you know, and. Okay. So, yeah, that is actually one thing we should talk about being smiling and happy and loving life. Um, uh, laughing like if if you visibly laugh when they make a point it's it's one thing that these self-appointed authority figures they they hate more than anything is ridicule and derision so it will drive them absolutely nuts if they see you visibly disrespecting them in a public manner it it's so it, it is it's it's pretty fantastic to do uh, when you're in uh, yeah i mean situation. actually you taught me that to the, the value i mean I had to consider that for a while, you know, uh, the value of that, you know, be it, go ahead and, and cross those lines that people, oh, you, you know, it's like, did you hear what Chris Fisher said? <laughs> oh, oh, that was so funny. All right. So my impressions of this debate is, is um, they're incredibly cringeworthy. Um, he is a shining example of, people I never ever have any desire to interact with because they're just, they're not smart people. They're not intelligent people. They're not thoughtful people. They don't enact, interact in, in a genuine way. They're disingenuous. Uh, they don't care about your points or your point of view. They can't put themselves in your shoes and accurately represent your views. They are uh, single-minded. They're stuck in this bubble. Um, they can't think outside what they've they've already established in their own minds. It's not it's, you could do it for fun, but it's not productive to interact with these people. Meme them until they cry, then meme them cry. <laughs> I would much yeah. prefer to uh, you know have a debate with a serious interlocutor. <laughs> Believe me, yeah, yeah. They're ideologues. Yeah, stay away from ideologues. If someone's like super into their beliefs where they're not going to consider or change their mind ever. Like uh, when I was getting kicked out of that church, I was like, what have you ever changed your mind on? And he's, he hemmed and hawed. He's like, oh, I was lucky enough to have good teachers. <laughs> like, like he's never changed his mind in his life on anything of substance. Like, okay. All right. right. I, I'm, I'm sure you're... Your shining example of intellectual integrity. I, I might want to point out. Um, I don't know if you uh, if you listen to the his very first words or not. But um, before this, the way I heard about this debate was praise. I am that I am. The moderator says to me, "Hey, ironic. Um, Ryan says he'd like to debate you." Um, on uh, open theism or whatever on this uh, omniscience. I said, you willing to do that? I said, I guess so. Sure. Now, 
that's the what that's the way I you know that's what I heard you know that's it you know and then if you listen to his first words in this debate it's like it's a piety uh, uh you know th- he's so concerned about the, the the doctrine and correct doctrine that he was happy to accept this challenge <laughs> it's like I was like when I heard that I was like dude come on I mean you're really really they got to reposition themselves as the hero in their own story. Yeah, every every retelling, they're the heroic ones. There's there's no story where where that makes them put <clears throat> shows disparaging uh, pictures on themselves. Oh, it's, it, yeah, yeah. People don't like. I mean, you, believe me, uh, this is to everybody. You know, the sooner you you stop caring about what people think about what you look like or sound like or smell like. You'll be a much better per- you know, off care, person, care, care and you'll earn respect. Smell. Take showers, people. Right? Yes, don't, don't put that out there. Don't <laughs> no, do that. I'm, but that, people. but that doesn't follow that. You know that you shouldn't care about what people. You know what you smell like. What people think you smell like. That doesn't mean you shouldn't care. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I hope this, you get the point. This program is. Pro showering. Just make the record clear. Take showers. Often. Yeah. Preferably by yourself. Yeah. And don't do what Warren McGrew does with the, his cold showers every morning. <laughs> I'll put that out there. Oh, did you know he brought up Warren? The idol killer? That, you know, that guy, he's got something. About, oh, he, you know, Warren's got it's some like, bug up his butt about something. It's like, I'm here to debate you. Can you, can we debate me? I'm, if, if you want my opinions on things, you could just ask me. There's, we don't have to just quote random other people that are just out there in the ether that I, I never claimed affiliation with. I'm surprised your name didn't come up, but I, I suppose that'll change. He probably hates me though. Uh, he probably doesn't want to, uh, even acknowledge my existence dude he doesn't want to touch you <laughs> oh it's so funny uh, david yeah. says i'm an out and proud heretic oh no you lost the debate because uh you you mm-hmm. called yourself a heretic it's instant loss uh gotta hang but, your head in shame but i appreciate you let me come in and uh have some fun tonight yeah, it was a little more relaxing than last night oh that's terrible it's i, I, I can't <laughs> watch I don't think I will be able to go back and watch this all the way through straight. Mm-hmm. I'd ha- I'd have to skip Ryan and just listen to your stuff because I just can't do it. You can't just be reading slides. It do- doesn't and honestly, honestly, I mean, I wasn't like you don't noted before. I I wasn't able to make you know I I wasn't make you know I didn't wasn't able to address any scripture like in a in a meaningful way. And I I didn't want to like I said I didn't want to assume the the burden of proof. You know, I was I just kept putting it back on him and saying, look, it's on to you to show me where it is in the text so we can have something to talk about here. I'm still waiting. You know, that's basically, you know, I kept saying that. Yeah, that's what that's what you got to do. Uh, and, and you keep appealing to all these fathers and and all these people. Uh, did I ever say I believed anything Clark Pennock believes? I mean, you know, what are, what's going on here? Yeah, it's like, have I ever read Clark Pennock? I don't know. I mean, right. I, I'm a fan, but, you know, I, I'm i a fan of a lot of open theists because generally most, uh, whether you agree with them or not, most of the open theists that are notable are just, I mean, are, they're they're profitable to read because they're not 
uh, thinkers stuck in a box. You know what I mean? They're they're people with you know interesting imaginations and and things to say. You know, and it's probably because of selection bias. The people who are willing to take all this social ridicule over ideology are people who actually want to think about things. Yeah. So it could, could definitely be that. Yeah, they are interesting to read, even though we, we might not agree with everything Boyd says or Ord says. They are they are interesting to read. All right. Well, let's summarize real quick and then uh, we'll close here. Um, the debate was very cringeworthy. Definite fodder for cringe cast. D don't bring paragraphs of text to a debate. That's, that's my, my takeaway. And don't, uh, unless you want to have fun, don't engage with Ryan the Presbyterian. Any closing thoughts? You just kind of like, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I gave you a thumbs up. I'm good. Yeah, thank yeah, you. We're all good. I looked down like right as you gave me a thumbs up, so I like <laughs> briefly missed it. But we'll cut there. Uh, thanks everyone. Questions, comments, put that down below or start a thread in the God is Open Facebook group. Thank you for listening.